Welcome to the Advent with Faith Radio podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. We're really being intentional this year for Advent. You can celebrate with us by joining each week for this podcast, reading the Gospel of Luke with us, and participating in the great giveaway. You can find out more information about all these opportunities at MyFaithRadio.com. the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. For the next four weeks of Advent, we're bringing you an episode a week about one of the four themes of Advent. This week, we're talking about hope with Paul Perot. Paul's a producer here at Faith Radio for Q Ideas, Mornings with Carmen, and the Daily Reconnect. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so oftentimes on the other side, so it's like, okay. Does it feel a little weird on that side? It is weird on this side of the mic. (laughs) Oh, it's weird. Well, I am so glad that people are going to get an opportunity to get to know you more, a little, you know, the, the man behind the voice that they hear in the mornings. Makes it kind of scary, actually. <laughs> Get to know that guy. I don't know. Yeah. You'll like him. You'll okay. like, they'll like you for sure. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Is is Advent something that you've usually observed, either oh. now or growing up? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. I grew up in a liturgical church, a Roman Catholic, so it was part of the church calendar. We mm-hmm. would do it, you know, the four weeks, the four Sundays before Christmas, we would go through usually some uh, different liturgies, uh, the music, the uh, church being decorated and such. So And the candles, the oh, yeah. wreath candles. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I, so, grew, I grew up Lutheran, so. Well, you know it. Yeah, I hear you. You know it. So, you know, all that was there, and as a little kid, I liked the lights, I liked the candles. It was it was cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as I got older, um, even the church I go to right now, which is a Baptist church, but... Um, I actually got connected with them, oh boy, almost 30 years ago now. Oh, wow. And I was amazed because, you know, a lot of non-liturgical churches don't really get into it. But but uh, the church I go to, Bethlehem Baptist in the Twin Cities, they did. Mm-hmm. They would have special music. They would have the, the, the candle wreath. Mm-hmm. And they would... Actually, it was cool because the pastor at the time would do a series. He had been been doing these for years, Advent poems. Mm. And usually there'd be four to five installments of it. He'd start on the first Sunday of Advent, and then he'd continue through each Sunday and then sometimes finish up on Christmas Day with, or actually Christmas Eve service, with the conclusion of this four-part story in in a poem. Mm-hmm. So That's very it was cool. really, really cool. And so... Something really big, of course, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, even outside of church, you know, you're excited about Christmas coming up and getting things decorated. <laughs> and then as a dad, I kind of had the same thing. Um, my first wife and I, we would definitely decorate, uh, usually the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have that all in place. And when the kids came around, you know, along with the decorations, we would make sure they were telling that we'd have big box of books of stories, mm-hmm. Christmas stories, but mm-hmm. also Advent theme stuff so it would we would go through that with the kids leading up to christmas yeah was there a favorite book oh there were so many of them Mm -hmm. so no i I couldn't say i mean (laughs) that's like picking one of your favorite children exactly (laughs) i mean you get you you love the stories i mean of course you got to do the grinch and such Mm -hmm. i mean i love that and of course the way my wife and i my ex-wife and i would both do it we'd um put 
when we read stories, we put character into it. Mm. And so doing the Grinch was a fun thing to do, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, you know, it, you're right. It's like asking, you know, what's your favorite kid? I mean, mm-hmm. you love each of them for their different characteristics. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's so great. Yeah, we do the Grinch. And then I also read A Christmas Carol every uh-huh. year, too. Didn't do that. I wish. No, I not had. with my kids. Oh, okay. Uh, now you that do. they're well, now that they're a little bit older, I try to or watch them up at Christmas Carol, which kind of freaked one of my sons out when he was little because <laughs> it can feel a little scary. Okay, but. the favorite, my favorite of the uh, Christmas Carols mm-hmm. is Scrooge. I think was Albert Finney because oh, okay. that one is a musical. Oh, unlike well, of course I know the Muppet Christmas Carol is mm-hmm. too, and they, t- as they all do, they tar- take artistic liberties. Mm-hmm. But that one was just so good, and so that's the one I like to go back to. I'm not sure I've actually seen that one. I, I think have. it came out in 1970ish, around about there. Okay, it's worth it. It's yeah, worth it. I'll have to go back so. and look at that one. I just love that story for for Christmas. I just think it's a it's a fun way. Well, not fun. Sometimes it's really hard to read that because it's very convicting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story is very convicting because we. I think we can see. At least I can see me in in Scrooge, and I can see me in some of the the ways that Dickens just beautifully writes the ghosts and some of the things that the ghosts say. Yeah, so I, I love the theology he weaves into it. Mm-hmm. That oftentimes you don't find in the movies. I mean, as fun yeah. as the Muppet Christmas Carol is, you're not going to get a lot of that underpinning. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay, if you want an audio version, they do a great job with Adventures in Audio. Actually, Focus on the Family Radio Theater. They did an excellent job. Ooh, I haven't heard that one either. Ooh, Ooh, I've got, got a go lot to do this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you so some Advent is something that you're very well Big versed in. Okay, that's great. So this week we're going to be talking about hope. And how have you experienced hope in your relationship with God? Well, okay, first off, what do you mean by hope? Mm. Because people use that word in different ways. I mean, you can say, well, I hope it doesn't snow tomorrow. Which, this is Minnesota. <laughs> what do you do? At least with that, where, we're, where we are, we're in Minnesota. Right. But... That's more of wishing. I mm-hmm. wish it wouldn't snow. When you're looking at biblical hope, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a different thing. Biblical hope is based upon a promise that God said, this is going to happen. I will be doing this. Now, it's tied to faith closely, but to me, faith, hope adds on the aspect of it's going to happen. Mm. I'm longing mm-hmm, for it. Mm-hmm. You're... you're you're lurching toward you. You want that to happen, and and this is going to be the hard thing because sometimes those things don't happen very quickly. Right. And if you're like me, patience is <laughs> as much as it is a virtue. It is not something I've been good at in my <laughs> me life. Either I hear that. Me either. So, but okay. There's a lot of things uh, from my relationship with God hoping in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the hope of one day. I will be with him in eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, as I look at all the brokenness in the world, I'm kind of going, your kingdom come, Lord. And he promised it would. Right. That all the nations would be brought into him. And, you know, people from every nation, tribe, and tongue will be all there. The effects of sin will be gone. And the kingdom will come. Again, something I'm strongly hoping for Mm -hmm. Um, especially with the current time that we find ourselves in mm -hmm. that hope of of no sickness right and yeah 
peace. So that's the big hope. I mean, even inter- in, intermittent hopes, too. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned my first wife. I'm remarried as of a year ago. By the way, we are trying to develop our own Christmas tra- or okay. uh, Lent, uh, Advent? Advent traditions, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess when my family was falling apart, and I actually had emotionally, I was in pretty bad shape, and it was kind of, God, you got to put me back together. Mm-hmm. And there was that, it, there is that promise of, you know, his restoring power. Mm-hmm. And I had to day by day hoping that and hang in there because it was a long, hard slog. Uh, my family falling apart and me being in a, in a bad place emotionally and such. And it was a major point of hang on, hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. and hoping that God would do it. And I've sensed a lot of the restoration. Things are still in progress, but he's been faithful all along the way. So, Yeah, I love the distinction you made, too, about the uh, the definition of hope, that it, the difference between wishing and, and hoping. And it made me think of, um, so for this week, we are reading in uh, Luke chapters 1 through 5, so we're reading a chapter a day. Mm-hmm. And in Luke 2, we have Simeon and Anna at the temple oh, when they bring yeah. Jesus to the temple. And they're, I mean, they were waiting for the Messiah and, and, and hoping and, and believing that they were going to see him before they died. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think what I love about it is that it's a hope, it's a hope fulfilled mm-hmm. that they were hoping for the Messiah and then got to see the Messiah. And even then, that's still a partial fulfillment because, mm-hmm. okay, they got to see, but what was the promise? The one who would bring about the restoration of Israel, who would right. bring in that kingdom. Mm-hmm. Jesus came, yes, they saw that part. They saw in part, mm-hmm. but still, and you actually got ahead because I had stuff about that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, I the did book, jump ahead. Oh, right. yeah, you can. Well, you're, you're the host of this. So, yeah, you do as you wish. Yeah, but I, I, I love that they, that they, because of what you were saying about it's the, the waiting and the mm-hmm. and not having patience. Um but what I love to see is that even though it was in part, like you said, they still there was still some fulfillment of what they had been promised mm-hmm. to see to see the Messiah. And to the point too about that it was in part is because we are living in a time of Advent, mm-hmm. waiting for the second coming right. of Jesus. So there's an I mean we do Advent now for the four weeks purposefully yeah. up till Christmas, but we are living in a time of Advent too. Right. I, I think people go Advent. What does that mean? Well, you just use the word coming. It's mm-hmm. just, it's based upon the old Latin word meaning coming. And we, just as people in the past were waiting for Messiah to finally come, and that's where we have that beautiful Lenten, or pardon me, beautiful Advent carol. I keep getting into Lent. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> I like that season too for yeah. different reasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the Advent season, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. And I love how it goes through these different progressions. All these names of the coming Messiah, the desire of nations and uh, stem of a root of Jesse and all these things that they were longing for. And then what do you get as these promises, these visions of who Messiah would be promised aspects of him finally find their fulfillment in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get to the point, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to you, O yeah. Israel. So good. And that is where our hope comes from. Exactly. The, the hope of God with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I did jump ahead, but 
um, any anything else you want to say before I go on about the hope that you've experienced in your relationship with God? Um, I know. I think I've really hit that. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. Um, so then, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about how we see hope in the Bible. Okay. Well, first off, remember, hope is part of the the holy trifecta: faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. And of course, the greatest of these is love. Why is love greatest? Because faith which is also based upon the promise, will become sight. Hope will be realized. Love will eternally endure. Mm. So that said, you're still hanging on because faith, just like faith and hope, they hang on promises. And so in Scripture, look where God has put the promise, especially let's start. Okay, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Humanity fell, mm-hmm. deserving punishment, deserving death because they did not obey. And yet in the midst of their punishments, or at least the consequences being laid out, there's that first glimpse of hope where God talking to Eve said, the, your seed will crush the serpent's seed, crushing his head. Mm-hmm. That was that first glimmer of hope. It ain't over. God is going to do something. Mm-hmm. Then I mean, go through all the uh, Old Testament. I mean, it, it's all over the place. Anytime you see, for example, a covenant given, where the Abrahamic covenant or the Davidic covenant, Abraham's covenant where God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation, and through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. That was God's promise unilaterally to him. There's hope. Abraham, a childless guy, you're going to have a great nation come from you. Mm-hmm. That didn't <laughs> make sense. He was an old man. Mm-hmm. And yet he hoped. Did he perfectly hope? No, he stumbled. But still, he hoped and trusted. David, again, through him, we have that promise of your kingdom, your lineage, your dynasty will be everlasting. There will be a seed from you that will be on the throne forever. And even when... If you could follow that, you know, it didn't quite happen as David might have thought or mm-hmm. as the reader might have thought because what happened in in the, uh, the the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah fell and they were put into exile. That looked like the end. And yet, even in the midst of that, God kept dangling these promises to inspire faith and hope. Uh, you, you think of... Um, You think of the promise made to Jeremiah in Lamentations. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for hope and a future. Mm -hmm. I know we like to use that verse in many places. God did not give that to Jerusalem, did not give that to Jeremiah when he graduated from Jerusalem Central High. No, which is when, which is our favorite time. To exactly, use first, we use yeah. it around mm-hmm. weddings. We use it around, and mm-hmm. not that those are bad applicate. They are true applications, but it's not the fullest application. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a th- those are true principles, but the purpose behind that was Jerusalem had just been destroyed. Yeah, they it were was in gone. Yeah, and it's like everything God you promised, David's. You know, we would be uh, your people, even though we sinned like crazy. We would be your people. Uh, a, a son of David would always be on the throne. That was gone. Mm-hmm. I have a promise. I, I, ha- I will give I you a plan. Yeah. I have a plan. And that's one of those things. And then, okay, let's go back 
another book, Isaiah. I mean, all the prophets just scream of these promises, these little pictures of Messiah. Isaiah probably the most profoundly in so many ways. I I know at Christmas we like to talk about uh, the promise of the virgin shall be with child and shall, you know, his name shall be Emmanuel. That's Mm -hmm. one. There's the other one about the Prince of Peace. Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. I almost broke into song, but I won't. Well, you know, (laughs) Handel's Messiah is really good. (laughs) It is really good. But look at all the other promises, including the sad promises, especially like uh, Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, but all the servant songs that you find uh, starting um, starting at chapter 40, they're all pointing to God is going to fulfill. He's going to bring about restoration. He is going to make. He's going to make it so you can be servants, true servants of His, because of the the servant, the great servant. And so, all these little things to inspire hope to hang in there. Now, remember, uh, if you look at if you look at the Old Testament, what's the last book? At least as far as his last book in the Bible, probably the last one of direct revelation from God was Malachi. That was 400 years before Christ was born. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the the generations that came in those 400 years of silence and that still Simeon and Anna, that there mm-hmm. were still people waiting after generations of silence is mm-hmm. amazing to me. They they were. That is the amazing thing. We have a hard enough time waiting for our, our water to warm up so we can make tea in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. And yet they waited 400 years. Mm-hmm. And yet they hoped and they endured such terrible stuff. First with, okay, mentioned Babylon. The Persians treated him better, but even then, remember the whole issue of uh, uh, Purim, you know, being saved from, um, what was his name? Uh, Heron or whatever. I, I can't think of his name right now, all of a sudden. But, you know, the story of Esther mm-hmm. and how uh, the bad guy there wanted to wipe out all the Jews. I mean, that, uh, they suffered a lot. Under the Greeks and then the Romans. Haman, sorry. Haman, there Haman. we go. Yes, thank you. Thank <laughs> I was like, you. everybody's yelling it to us right now. Exactly, they you. were. Hey, we're not perfect here. Haman, you know, Haman, yes. Yeah, there's all these different biblical names. They mm-hmm. kind of run together after a while. But they endured a lot. They are under Roman occupation. Or shit, who was the king when Jesus was born? Mm. He wasn't a child, a son of David. He was not even Jewish. People didn't realize that he was uh, he was Edomian was the term he was a he was an Edomite, hmm. but he was loyal to to the Caesar and so he was put into power, and so here you have this ungodly non-Jewish king reigning over them, and if you ever read the story about Herod the Great, that guy was nuts. Mm-hmm. They suffered a lot under him, and then again the Romans, and yet. They hoped because they heard the promises. Did they fully understand what it all meant? No. How could you? There's so much that was God promised about the Messiah. So. Yeah. And I think it's making me think of uh, Psalm 63, 8, my soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I, I think at least in my experience, when things are so bad, sometimes that's all I can do is just cling and trust mm-hmm. and, okay, Lord, I don't understand what's happening. I might be angry or sad or frustrated, but I know that you have a plan. I know that there's a a bigger picture. Again, that's the intermingling right there of faith and and hope because because you believe something's going to happen, you live in expectancy for it. That's Mm -hmm. the hope aspect. I mean, (laughs) Satan believes that certain things are going to happen. He does not hope in them. (laughs) He hopes they don't, Mm -hmm. but he understands what God has promised better than I think sometimes we do oftentimes than we do. 
and yet he shudders at that whole thing. The demons shudder at what is being promised for us that's going to happen, you know, it's, it's so. Yeah. You know, we just talked Old Testament. You were doing the reading through Luke. Right. And you wanted to focus. I'm getting it. Maybe I'm getting ahead of you. Yeah, no, no, no. I go ahead. Be, I'm on. I, I jumped on the other side of the mic here. That was bad of me, but you know, that was a good segue, Paul. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at the promises or the, the 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 evidences of hope even within. This week, we're looking at you know starting. Um, you're doing this starting Monday, the or no Tuesday the first. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday the first. Well, that means we're going to read five chapters this week. Mm-hmm. And those first five chapters, there's a lot, a lot of story of people hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Zechariah. Okay. He didn't quite get it right first off. Um, when the angel said, hey, you and your wife are going to have a child. But we're old. Well, can, no, 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 no. You know, he should have figured something like this could happen after all. He remembers the story of Abraham. But right. <laughs> anyway, because of that, he was silenced until... John was born, but did you, if you ever read his song that he spoke after his mouth was opened, after he um, was able to speak again, celebrating what God is going to be doing, here's my son's the forerunner, Messiah's coming, salvation is coming, he has raised the horn of salvation for his people, hope. Mm -hmm. Of course, you kind of wonder what uh, um, Elizabeth was thinking about that but she's actually we do because she it's interesting because of her interaction with mary because at one point mary visits her and stays with her for a few months the last last three months of of elizabeth's pregnancy but when they meet up it's like you are the she understood you are the mother of the coming messiah talking to mary she yeah, but the baby left, the baby in, her left in her womb, and mm-hmm. she knew this is it. I mean, John's supposed to be the forerunner, and boy, is he running before <laughs> <laughs> Messiah now. Here they are, not even born, which, by the way, if you want to look at the sanctity of a life issue, those are interesting pictures. But that, that's an aside. But let's talk about Mary. Um, her response. I love how Luke has these songs. Mm-hmm. It's not just declaring... You have the song of Zechariah. You have Mary's song, what's often called, oftentimes called the Magnificat. Again, celebrating Messiah is coming, and here's what is going to happen. We will be freed from sin. We will be freed from oppression. She was, again, knowing that this is just the start, but something's coming. Hope. Right. And I love the assurance that that must have given Mary mm-hmm. to, to be a teenage pregnant virgin mm-hmm. and to have what I'm sure was coming at her from the people in her community. Oh, no doubt. And then because, I mean, there, I'm assuming there's something going on because she's, you know, running to her cousin and to have that immediate assurance and to have that immediate hope given to her that of God's reassuring her saying, yes, yes. Well, that was amazing faith on her part. I mean, just the, you know, the angel saying, you've been chosen, you've been favored. Favored? I'm going to be ostracized. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't but feel like favored. Messiah. I'll mm-hmm. go through this because I, I'm hoping in this child. So that yeah. in itself is amazing. Okay, let's fast forward. The shepherds. They're mm-hmm. confronted by angels. They acted rightly, first off. They were freaked out. They were scared. They were, 
as the old translation, sore afraid. <laughs> and, well, they should. I mean, come on, angels. Anytime you're, you, you see it in Scripture many times, whether it's because of an angel appearing in glory or God appearing in glory to somebody, they fall flat. They know they are done. Mm-hmm. And yet, what's his word? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. I have good news of great joy that will be for all the peoples because, yeah, unto you is born this child. And so what do they do? Oh, cool. Yeah, I trust that uh, the child was born. No, they ran. They wanted to they find wanted this to child. See the thing they that wanted happened. to see what was promised to them. So out of hope and faith, they, they run after it. And they, they find the child. So, again, you just see that there. We already talked about uh, Simeon and Anna. And, again, the the third great song in the beginning of, of um, the Gospel of Luke, what the old Greek would call the nuns dimittis, now dismiss. Mm. For I have seen, Simeon said, I have seen your promised Messiah. Okay, I'm paraphrasing at that point. But that's why he was... The Spirit told him, you're going to see him. And he waited and waited, and he saw, and he rejoiced. He had hope realized, Mm -hmm. at least the partially so, because there's still a lot more to Messiah's story than just being born. But that and and Anna as well, so. That's interesting, because Jesus was a different Messiah than what they thought they were Mm -hmm. going to have. And so I wonder if Simeon and Anna were around to see that. I had never wondered well, that before. Well, uh, considering how aged they were, I don't think they... Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. So for... Because I mean, I'm thinking about that. Yes, Jesus being born was only part of it, but they but they didn't know that he was going to be a different Messiah necessarily. Anyway, that was just my little curiosity wondering. I wonder. Okay. Well, let's continue. How about mm-hmm. John the Baptist? Because if you're reading through... Uh, Chapter 4. Anyway, why was John the Baptist calling people to repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand? Was it a fearful truth? Yes. But it was also, finally? You mean God's kingdom, the glory, the restoration, the fullness? After all the silence? After all the silence, after all that we've suffered is at hand. It was a hopeful thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, get yourself ready. He's coming. Messiah is here. And then, actually, Jesus hoped. I look at some of the stuff he, he did. He endured. Um, you know, we talk about him being tempted after being baptized by John in the wilderness for 40 days. He was, he was tempted after he fasted 40 days. He endured temptations, the temptation to take shortcuts because, you know— who wants to suffer the way Jesus right, did? Right. No, but as another part of Scripture says, for the hope set before him. Yes. The joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame because he knew it was coming. He knew what he was going to win. Yes. He, he knew the promises. He I, just, I just want you to know I wanted to say that verse a long time ago, but I was waiting <laughs> for the proper time. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes, because I think of that often, that especially in a time of suffering, where is the hope when you're suffering? I think mm-hmm. it's two things. It's that is Christ is with you. We see it time and again. He said to Abraham, "Lo, I am with you he always." He's he's telling us mm-hmm. he's before he ascends. Yep. He says, "I'm with you," and so that he's always with us. And then I think of that verse. Yeah, because of the hope set before him, he endured the cross. So, and I'm not enduring the cross. I mean, I'm not having to bear what he bore. Mm-hmm. So, 
and he's in me. So it's, it's always a good reminder that, okay, I'm going to, I will, I will get through this suffering and to look ahead to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he'll get me through and, and he's on the other side as well. Exactly. Or how about he chose 12 apostles? Why would he do that? Not just because he needed, as a good rabbi, he was going to have these disciples around him, these learners. No, these were people he was sending out because the kingdom was coming. He knew what he was going to do. So Mm -hmm. in hope of the coming kingdom, he laid groundwork. He planted the seed of these 12 men to be the next and then the continuing generations of the kingdom after that. So Jesus hoped as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of Peter being the corner, mm-hmm. being the cornerstone. And Paul, when you were talking about John the Baptist, I, I kept thinking of the word urgency mm-hmm. that John knew, like, we, you need to get your stuff it's in coming. order. No. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's why Paul wrote this way that he wrote mm-hmm. was because he got it. I mean, if anyone got it, someone who had been killing Christians and then had the, the you know, the experience that he had and mm-hmm. that encounter so he understood the urgency of we need to we need to go spread the good news. Right. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to get our life in order under the lordship of Jesus. And I I think it's been sticking out to me lately because I don't know that I always have that urgency. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so easy to just get lulled into comfort. Mm-hmm. And it can be uncomfortable to share about Jesus. But... But, you know, when you, you're not sharing, when you're not, um, and also not living out the kingdom values, after a while, you just feel, ugh, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And that, for a Christian, the Holy Spirit doesn't let you stay there very long and feel comfortable with it. Right. It's either, hey, I'm offering you something wonderful, and you want to mess with that you want to mess in the you know mess in the swamp here no get out Mm -hmm. the kingdom go for it right because there because there is hope Mm -hmm. yeah exactly that's so good (laughs) so good (laughs) okay um so one last question what is your favorite christmas memory or tradition that you have and i I mean that i we already kind of did kind of the traditions okay favorite christmas memory um, this is kind of crazy. I, I know. Okay. Favorite things, eggnog, give me that and uh, the candy, but everything, but, uh, okay. A couple of them. Um, now before I came to faith radio, I've been working, uh, mainly on some of our Northwestern media music stations as a program director, which means I was uh, putting the music together. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoyed that because I liked crafting a sound for the Christmas season with, with the artists we had and, and some others that, um, you know, there's a lot of stations that'll play Christmas music, but after a while, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm there's one in town that started like three weeks before Christmas playing that, but it's like, you know. Three weeks before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, thank you, yeah. yeah. Um, where's the hope in this? I mean, it's a lot of jingle belly stuff, which is fun. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I love the jingle bells, but mm-hmm. beyond that, you know. It's definitely holiday music, I would say, yeah. more than Christmas music. Exactly, there's that. So mm-hmm. putting something like that together, as a matter of fact, okay. This would be uh, 2015, and, you know, getting ready for it. I, I, I would start listening to Christmas music as soon as it was being promoted to us, so usually September, October, and um, that was the year that um, 
that Mercy Me did their Christmas sessions, which is one of the best Christmas CDs out there, in my opinion. Michael W. Smith's original Christmas was phenomenal. That one was really good, too. Um, and the song that really jumped out at me on that album was their version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Mm. And it's like, so here I am doing the morning show down at our radio station in Des Moines, Iowa, Life 107.1. And it's like, I'm looking forward to Christmas music and all this. And, oh, you know, I play a Mercy Me song. And they got a great Christmas album coming out this year. You're going to love it. And we'll play some of it here on Life uh, Life 107.1. And I just couldn't wait. So here it was, I believe it was the 12th of November. It's like, I'm breaking down. I've got to play this for you. So I, I can't play. wait. And, of course, people are like, yeah, that is really good. So, okay, that's one. Um, but if you want to go back in time, probably one of my favorite Christmas memories. I'm one of those kids who I would be up as soon as, soon as I woke up, whatever time it was. I was downstairs. I'd turn on the Christmas tree to light the mm-hmm. living room and have the Christmas, you know, start playing with my toys because I was that way. Well, okay. And for some reason... Could you open your presents right away when you went down? Well, that was a thing because Santa didn't, for some reason, wrap the presents at our house. They were just laid out in groupings. Huh. So, you know, my brother Jim would have his grouping, Kathy and all, you know, all, mm-hmm. there, there were nine of us. Oh, my um, goodness. That's so anyway, probably why Santa didn't wrap your presents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there were nine of you. He just grouped them. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I was playing with mine for a while, <laughs> and it's like, you know, this is all fine and good. But I noticed my my sister got... What was the uh, Barbie shopping mall mm. with assembly required? And it's like, I'm having fun here, but I want to surprise my my little sister, Audrey. And so I assembled it for oh. her so she didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I helped Santa out. <laughs> so I got to be an elf. I got to be an elf. So enjoy. Oh, that's a great memory. Like being an elf. That's a great memory. I always like hearing, what, especially... When people were growing up, what like what did you do when you went downstairs? Like, could you only do stockings and you had to wait? Did you open before breakfast or after breakfast? Or yeah, the Santa stuff was out. But as far as we usually we we do a gift exchange between us because there's nine of us. There's no way we could buy nine gifts each of mm-hmm. us for everybody. So um, we could open on Christmas Eve the gift we gave to each other. Okay, and then the gifts from you know aunts, uncles, mom and dad, and all that that we did Christmas Day. Okay. Nice. I love hearing about tra- I love Christmas <laughs> traditions. I'm very traditional. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Paul. You're welcome. This was lovely. This was so good. And I'm really hoping that those of you that are listening have that this has just been a good time to take a deep breath and think about hope and maybe get focused for the week. And we'd really love for you to join us in reading through the book of Luke and for the great giveaway. You can find out more about those at myfaithradio.com. And the Advent theme that we're going to be talking about next week is peace. I hope you'll join us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile. Until the Son of God appear, rejoice.